It's time for the Charlotte FC Podcast. Bienvenidos, bienvenuti. It's a big match day as the crown push forward towards the playoffs. On our show today is Leah Rogers, the Director of Ticket Sales and Services for Charlotte FC. Prior to working with Charlotte FC, Leah worked at both the University of Notre Dame and the Detroit Lions in related capacities. I sat down with Leah to talk about her work in ticket sales, her approach to managing, and the different groups and people that are involved with packaging and creating the football experience in Charlotte. Let's do this. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Well, let's get started. Thanks, Leah Rogers, for being here on the podcast. I'm so excited. People probably don't know what it is that someone who works in ticket sales does. You probably have a general idea. I'm sure the, the, the audience and somebody who mentions that, but can you share just who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. First off, thanks for having me. Appreciate taking some time. Um, so I'm Leah Rogers. I'm our director of ticket sales and service. So my job is kind of a lot of things, really all encompassing ticket sales and services and then group sales. Um, so really any of your season ticket needs, single match needs, group tickets. We do a lot of birthday packages, a lot of like youth soccer programming that includes ticketing as well. And then our service base. So um, not only are we doing on game day, uh, service stuff, but then also doing your servicing renewals as well as all of our season ticket stuff. So um, really a lot of things that, that pretty much touch any kind of ticketing uh, is falling under me and, and my team that are working really hard here every day. So you said it falls under you and your team. You manage a team. How many people do you manage and what is that like? Yeah. Uh, so my team is now probably, I think we're 25 now uh, total between our group's team and then our servicing team, which our manager is actually out on maternity leave right now. So um, taking on a little bit of extra work there too. And then our sales team, which is focused on that season side, there's 13 of them now. And then we've got some managers that are, are managing their day-to-days as well. Now, have you managed people before? Because you've worked in lots of situations. And tell me about like, your previous work as a manager. And- My ticketing experience, I started right out of school at University of Notre Dame working for Legends. So we were a consulting company that that worked there as an inside sales. So I was making 120 phone calls a day, just really hammering the phones. And I ended up being pretty good at it and moved into some premium sales and, and sold some of their bigger projects that they were working on. And then I moved over to the Detroit Lions and was doing similar, right? Selling season tickets, group tickets, and kind of found my knack in that group space. In the NFL, you know, there's not as many group programmings right off the bat. Right? I kind of built that from scratch and helped doing yoga on the field, fantasy football draft parties, right? All of that that includes tickets to the game. So 
Funny enough, I actually came here to work as our group sales manager, but it was back in 2020 as the pandemic was starting. And obviously we all know what happened and our team got pushed by a year. So I actually hadn't managed a ton of people. Um, I had managed more processes and then managed younger reps, but more in like the mentoring space as opposed to like true, true management. So then when I got here, after I moved back to the pandemic, then it was like, all right, go out. We got to hire 20 reps and go figure it out. So it was a really interesting experience because you kind of get thrown into it. But I knew through all of this, I had picked out really great traits I had for managers and some not so great ones. So I kind of figured who I wanted to be and, and how I wanted to continue growing my career and who I was going to be as a manager. So I'd say, I think I did a pretty good job, but it, it was an interesting experience hiring 15 from scratch. So we're in a great place now though. Yeah. So in group sales, I know you're not, you, you look at all the broader things, but in group sales, do you tend to have to be more creative because you're trying to reach out to different places that may not necessarily think of Charlotte FC or just think about their organization being a part of something, not even on a regular basis, but even on small incremental like game basis. Tell me about that. Absolutely. I mean, I think of all the sales that we have, group is definitely where you get to have the most creativity. You know, we're doing pups at the pitch for Crown Legacy where you can bring your dog, right? And we're doing fun like teacher appreciations and all this different stuff. So, but it's definitely a different type of sale as well, right? It's a lot longer of a process because there's just more people involved when you have to get a group of 30 together, you got to talk to a lot of people and it just takes a lot longer. But I think that we have that fun opportunity too. What can we add? And I think that's, that's the beauty of where we're at is we don't have programming. So if someone's like, Hey, can we, you know, run on the field after the game? It's like, I don't know, let's go see. And we can kind of go and talk to our ops team and figure out what we want to do. Obviously we've come up with some parameters, but there's that opportunity to be a lot more creative with what groups individually want. And then we can see if we can make it happen. So what's the, the most unique request you've gotten in your career? Oh, we had someone that wanted to get married on the field. Obviously did not allow that. Not here, but <laughs> a previous job, but um, wanted to bring their entire family and get like wear their wedding dresses and get married at our stadium. Oh, wow. So that was an interesting one. I think you just meet a lot of interesting people who are celebrating different things, which is the beauty of it. It's birthdays, it's anniversaries, it's kids coming back from college. It's all sorts of things that you kind of get to help people be together, but it's in, it's in different ways. And it's not as traditional as, you know, just going to dinner or doing all that, but there's still mm -hmm. some fun aspects to it. So if someone is wanting to do this in Charlotte FC, you oversee all of it, but obviously you have people that just focus on group sales, people that focus on season ticket sales. Yep. All sorts of areas. So how do you, since you know about all these things, like how do you manage and, and make sure all these things are performing at the level they need? It's a lot. We rely a lot on our business analytics team who, you know, helps us create reports based on what we're putting into the systems. And then I've got some great managers that are open communication and like, we're really good at, at working together, but I think um, you got to spend some time on each part of it every day. And it, it's tough. I think that's probably the hardest part of my job is that there's so many elements to it. But, you know, I think our, our key is that the managers and the leaders that we have on tops of those are, are really invested in what they're doing and really passionate about what they're doing. So it makes it a lot easier to work with people that are really wanting to are really where they want to be and are passionate about what they're doing. And so if you could kind of explain maybe your process, because you said you you have lots of managers and things like that. How does how does the ticket process work from the inside part? You're you're you know dealing with the customer, dealing with the group, you know, you can pick any of those scenarios, but like 
how does it work? And then how do you all decide how to make, because it's sales, right? So you're packaging things, you're putting things in a way that's attractive to these groups or that you think of based on these analytics. How do you all, who do you meet with? How do you dis discuss this? Is there marketing people? Is there yeah. ops people? Like what is, what is all that? Yeah. I mean, I would say a lot of it, and I, I think I would touch somewhat on like our season ticket member benefits, right? Like that's kind of how we sell and how we package things together. And a lot of it is through surveys and really listening to fans. Like I think we have been very open and have done a good job of we hear you guys and we're trying to make changes. So the people that are involved really are are myself. It'll be marketing. It could be partnerships. Um, it'll be Joe Labou, obviously our president gets gets in on there. He has that ticketing background, which has always been super helpful. Um, but a lot of it does come from, from that marketing side and that relationship. And then Sean McIntosh as well listens to a lot of fans. So we're really like putting all the people in the room and saying, Hey, we've heard this 15 times. Is this actually a problem or is just this like a small group of people? And then if it is something we can fix, how can we fix it? So it takes a lot of steps to it, but I think we generally are trying to prioritize like what are larger issues what benefits are people wanting and seeing and how can we make those happen? Uh, but it takes a lot of steps uh, to do. And then obviously we have to think about budget implications, all of that kind of stuff on top of that too. But I think like the, the first step in that is really just throwing those brainstorm ideas at the wall of what we're hearing from people. Cause we really want to make this the best experience for the fan. Like what I might like, what might not be what you like, but if you're the, the majority of it, let's figure out if we can make that happen. So we're never going to make everybody happy, but I think like we, we try and do a really good job of listening to the, to the majority and, and kind of going from there. So if there's a situation like, you know, we have a match and they decide is how long, I guess, is it decided ahead of time, whether to open the upper bowl, how are you as ticket salespeople, a part of that, and what do you do? Because I know pricing starts at a certain amount, but then it it, it changes based on, yeah. you know, availability. Yeah. So I would say the upper bowl stuff, when the schedule comes out, we kind of highlight a couple that we think would make sense. And then we don't really, really decide until probably, I don't know, 10 to 12 weeks out. And then we decide on our announcement plan. So we really just kind of see where we're at at the moment. But that takes a lot of moving parts too with, with our ops team at the stadium, are there Panthers games happening? Are there, you know, what do we, what can we do? Uh, then the pricing thing is is honestly super interesting. That's something I'm really learning a lot about because that typically lives in that analytics uh, department of ours, but our ops team as well. So our ticket ops team uh, is the ones that are in our back end system of Ticketmaster that are really like analyzing the data and putting in new price codes and when things change and grow and whatever. So we we use a lot of our analytics team as well as our ops team to see what makes sense. But the tricky part about that is that we don't have a ton of data yet because we're still in our second year, right? So like we can go based off of what other teams have done or what the Panthers have done, but really we are kind of kind of testing it out on our own. So a lot of that pricing goes through you know those models and then we really project out what we think we're going to bring in and then how can we, you know, do we want to go higher? Do we want to go lower? Do we need more people in the building this time? Like what are we going to do? And then so there's a lot of risk reward involved, but it does get talked through with a lot of experts and, and we've got a lot of people on those teams of you know our ticket ops and, and again Joe who has a lot of ticket experience that we can really like combine all sorts of backgrounds to figure out what we think makes sense since we don't have the the data yet to back it up as we go. So is there any kind of metrics and reporting like most salespeople they have quotas and things like that. Are you accountable on certain levels to be like, 
your people have to meet these marks, you know, this is what we have. And is it, is it a dollar amount? Is it a people amount or is it vary? It varies. It's really both. I mean, I think our, our main thing is we want to get people exposed to Charlotte FC. So it's really getting people here, I think is our main priority because I think, you know, we've all been, and, and once you go once, it's hard to not come back. So I think our goal is to really get you here once. So yes, there is, you know, that, that monetary value that we need to hit, but we also are really just trying to get new people here and continue that. So it's kind of a mix of, of both of those things. Sounds like a lot of just trying to get the right fit because you could get somebody to come to a game, you charge a cheap price, but they might not be a candidate to come back for more games. And so, yeah, you might have done that for one game, but what if you get the right people and charge, you know, the same amount or more, then you might get them to come in more games and then you don't have to sell as much, right? Because yeah. you've already kind of gotten them pulled in. Yeah. It's a true balance. And again, I think, you know, we're only in year two and we, we are trying to get it right, but like, you know, you're, you're really making it up from at the beginning. And then after that, you can use the data and keep going. So like we're getting better and better every, every time we're doing these, these analysis, it just takes a little bit of time, but yes, that is what it is. It's really a balancing act of like, where can we find that, that, that fan in there that we can get you here, but keep you here and, and want you to keep on coming back. Now, does you talked about dealing specifically with the marketing group, if the marketing group has projected and has something, do you say, Hey, let's do this to make this more valuable, or this would really help my ticket folks if we add this to it because we saw this component work? Is yeah. that kind of the conversations that happen? Yeah, I think definitely. I think ticketing is really involved in a lot of those departments. So right, as marketing is maybe having a grassroots event, we connect and say, hey, is there a way we can add a ticketing element to this? Or can it be a fan experience event where it's towards our season ticket members, right? That like similar kit launch, we past two years has been for season ticket members. So yes, that's a broader marketing. And obviously we're launching our, our new kit, but it's a benefit to our season ticket members that'll help us in renewals later on too, right? Mm -hmm. So we do that a lot with community as well. Like I spoke about earlier, um, the youth soccer, a lot of that is we, do we add tickets into that or how can we get those kids out here? Cause that's building that future fan. If you become a fan when you're young, you're going to mm -hmm. eventually, you know, be a longtime fan with us when you're a little bit older. So uh, our ticketing works hand in hand with a lot of our departments, just making sure that if we're ever going out in the market, are we making sure that every single department that needs to be involved or can be involved is. Cool. So where did you, uh, you said you worked at Notre Dame and then in Detroit. So, but I saw you, uh, you're a graduate of University of South Carolina at Aiken with a marketing degree. D did you grow up in South Carolina, Georgia area? No, I'm actually from Florida. Okay. Uh, yeah. So my, my parents, I grew up right outside of Orlando. So I went to school about six hours away, which is a perfect distance for me. I could go home when I did. <laughs> it was great. And I had a great time. I played volleyball in college and, and really learned a lot and it was awesome and kept moving around the country since then. Do you still do anything with volleyball? Probably not as much as I should, but you'll see me at BGBG every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. So how did you get because you said, you know, you, you came into Charlotte FC from Detroit, having the success there. What made you want to explore here? What made you come to Charlotte? Yeah, it was interesting. It was actually a guy that worked with me at the Lions. He came down here. He was an intern here and he came back here and he was like, Leah, there's this job that I think you should go for. And I was like, you know what? I don't know about it. Like this is before the pandemic. So we didn't know all this was going to happen. And uh, long story short, I talked to Joe, Joe Labou, who was the vice president of ticketing at the time. He just the way that they spoke about this and building something from scratch was just something I couldn't not do. Like it was, 
you know, you're going to learn so much in two years, even of just, cause there's no one that works there yet. And you have to, you have to do marketing. You're going to be involved in partnerships. You're going to be involved in all communities. So I just really took this as like such a learning experience that I could jump in and, and get like a full, well-rounded background on, on how a sports team works. And mm-hmm. I think it's honestly the the best career move that I've made just because it was, it was something so different than what I was used to and what I was doing, but it, it definitely, I grew, I probably did enough growing for 10 years in two years, just because we were moving so fast and there was so much to do, but it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I think most of the people who have joined or have, have been there since the start, really one of the things that motivated them to come here was because they were part of something that they could create and mold mm-hmm. together. And it was like just that whole kind of startup idea that, that excites a lot of people because you have some more say, you have some more agency in what happens. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when we were not afraid to fail and we were, we were willing to be creative and be different. And I think it was like, you should have seen some of these brainstorm sessions we had were off the wall, but they were awesome. Right. Because you're just like trying to figure out how can we be different? How can we get our brand out there? Like, you know, we've got the Panthers over here, but how do we let people know, like we're a football club, but we are not Mm -hmm. the Carolina Panthers football team. Right. So, um, it was just, it was just something like I'll never probably experience again. And and I'm, I'm so glad that I did it. That's cool. So what is, what do you say if someone said, what's the hardest part of your job every day? I think the hardest part is, you know, it is managing a lot of, of avenues of, of, you know, we've got again, groups, seasons, all of that. But I think it's also, it's, it's managing a lot of personalities and people too but that's also my favorite part is like all of my reps and all of the people here are so different which is what makes us so unique but it's also at the beginning was a, it was a hard learning curve to to figure out how do you how do you manage so many people because you're only one person but there are also many different people at the same time so I think it's it's really hard but it's honestly very rewarding and has made me a lot better just because there are so many, some, so many different types of personalities and, and people involved in this. Well, what are, on the flip side, what, what do you enjoy the most about it? I think it's a couple of things. It's, it's the collaboration of this group. Um, no idea is a bad idea. And it's just, everybody's happy to be here and happy to work here. And like, it's all because there's a sense of ownership of, of this being a new club. Like everybody here feels like they helped build this. And uh, so that makes it a really like rewarding experience to be here. And then I think it's just the friendship and the people that actually work here. Like we have really, really good people that work here. And a lot of them are my friends inside and outside of the office. So it's just like a, it's a place I want to come every day because I really do enjoy a lot of the people that work here. And speaking of locations, are you now all, I mean, now you're with everybody at the same location, correct? And yes, all of your are. all your reps are together. Is there like a box room where everybody is kind of just circling around calls? Yeah. So we have like a bullpen in here and my team, they're actually doing a power hour right now. So they're up making as many phone calls as they can in an hour and we're blaring music. So um, we are with all of the other front front office side of things. So we're kind of probably the menaces in here because we're a little bit louder and, and playing music. But um, yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, this place is beautiful. Our, our team did a great job and, and it's it's nice to have our own space finally that we're not, you know, renting out or in and out of the press box. Like we've got a place that we can call home and it's, it's really great. Now, do you do internally, do you do like, since you are kind of, you said the, the rowdier group, do you all have like a board or some sort of thing that kind of, you know, I know 
we've seen the commercials with the ring the bell and stuff like yeah. that. Do you all have things like that going on constantly? Yep, absolutely. So we made our sales bell right when I got here. That was like the first thing that I made sure that we did. So we've got that and made it over to the new office and then we've got a sales board too. So every time they're making a sale, they're going up, ringing the bell, erasing their name, moving things around. Or we're doing different contests as well. We just finished a World Cup contest with the, for the Women's World Cup. So they were doing bracket style and moving that across the board too. So um, we make it pretty fun. I think we we have a good time. That's cool. That's cool. All right, back at your your career, you've done, you know, what got you into wanting to do this? You know, it said you you went to marketing, but what made you even want to see marketing? And then how did you see tickets as like, hey, this is a really cool avenue? Because not everybody wants to sell. And you no. know, you're selling, you're selling a product, but you're also selling an experience at the same time. Yeah. So well, well, I'll be honest, I didn't want to go in sales either, right? Like I don't think anybody graduates and is like, I'm gonna be in sales. Like that's not like but you know I was kind of in that boat that I'd played sports my whole life and I was was just looking for a sports job and advice to young people if you're looking for sports jobs I mean the most jobs available are always in sales right my team is 25 people where the marketing team is four right Mm -hmm. so there's just more jobs available and I think I kind of took it originally to to get my foot in and to maybe get into another avenue because that happens to a lot of people right you get in and at least you're in the organization and then you can go find somewhere else uh, but it turns out I was really good at it and I just ended up kind of staying that path I thought about getting out of it but I also like I'm so competitive by nature and that's just something that I love and and it makes me mad when we're not hitting our numbers and I'm trying to figure out how to fix that so like I really do enjoy the 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 grind of it every day but I I didn't set out to be in sales but I think you know, my dad tells me this, like he was in sales his whole life and I didn't even really know it because he was just like doing a job. And then he's like, yeah, you were born in this. You've always been doing this. And I was like, okay, yeah. well, here I am now. And, and 10 years later, I'm still in sales. So yeah. And I'm good at it, right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm good at it somehow. So, so do you have like a, a scary moment or something where sometime where you just, you took a big risk and you're like, okay, I'm putting myself out there. I'm doing this. And you just like, I'm going for it. Yeah, I think probably the biggest was when I moved to Detroit. I had already been away from home for two years in South Bend, Indiana, which was an interesting place to live. And I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go home. Like I'm going to go figure it out, but I'm going to go home. And then I talked to my, my then boss who had had kind of been like, listen, take one more shot in sports. Cause I think that you're going to like it here. And I moved to Detroit, Michigan by myself. And I didn't know a single person. And for some reason to me, that one was scarier than my first time moving away. Cause the first time I was still young and I, I was right out of school and didn't, didn't really, I moved to a college town. Like it felt like I was just going to college again, but this mm-hmm. one was really like you're an adult now you're moving to a city. You don't know, which really has a bad rap. Detroit is wonderful. I love Detroit, but you know, everybody says, Oh, Detroit, it's not great. But so I, I picked up and just moved there and was there for four years and it, it was unbelievable. So I think that for, was a, one of the scarier things that I did. Well, you got to feel pretty good about what Detroit's doing now as far as um, their sports, because that only helps the sales if you're winning, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's, it's easy a tough to place probably to sell, team. right? Yeah, then. it was. Yeah. I mean, but I think, though, that like the best front offices and the best salespeople really come from places that are bad, like their team is bad because you have to your skills have to be a lot sharper, like your back end systems of you know, our, our note-taking systems and all this, our analytics, everything has to be a lot stronger because mm-hmm. we're not getting in thousands and thousands of leads a day. Right. So I think that those teams that have that 
you know, chip on their shoulder that you have to work a little bit harder to, to get, to hit those goals. Like that's where some of the best people are coming from and some of the best processes are happening. Cool. Now, if there was a moment in your career that you could replay over and over again, what would it be? I think it hands down would be 74, 479 on March 5th. I think that was like the, the thing, but funny enough, like, I don't even remember any of that day because just so many things felt like they were going wrong. And, you know, it was the first game and you're just all these nerves and all these things happening. Mm-hmm. But like looking back, it was, I still get goosebumps. Like it was the most probably proud thing I'll ever be of because it was just an unbelievable feat that we all came together and had never hosted a game and broke with this record. That was just like, I mean, we were scraping tickets. Like we were, we were at everywhere on the streets, like everything so that we could hit this goal. And it was, it was unbelievable. That's cool. Now, was there a moment when somebody, maybe Joe or somebody else came to you and said, Hey, what, we're going to open this entire thing and we want to sell the entire thing out. Like, was that like the big idea from the beginning or was it kind of, let's see what it, happens. No, that was it. It was, we're breaking this record. That it was Nick Kelly at the time. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, still our our VP of ticketing, but there was never a question. It was like, okay, when we open this game, we're going to break a record. Figure it out, and so. But granted, I mean, we did have a year to do it, right? Because we weren't in season mm-hmm. um, leading but, up to that. But, but it you're was selling crazy. something that nobody knows anything about, which is also <laughs> crazy. I mean, we sold, we broke our season ticket goal as well. Very not early on, but we broke that as well. And it was like, when they told me that what that goal was, I was like, you guys are crazy. There's no way we can do this in a year. And we sold, I mean, 20,000 plus season tickets. I mean, in a very, very short amount of time. And it was, it was awesome. So is that going to ever happen again? 20,000 plus season tickets? No, no, no. I'm saying oh, the whole the thing. Whole thing. So, yeah. I mean, our last game of the year this year, our fan appreciation year, I mean, yeah, there's a good chance. <laughs> but I think we're going and, and definitely hoping that we pack that place out because it's going to be a huge game for us for playoffs and all that stuff. Definitely. That's yeah, definitely a big chance. So yeah. what is something you haven't done in your your 10 year career that you're thinking, oh, I would like to go to this level or I'd like to think about this down the line as far as what you're doing in your your work life? Yeah, I think. Uh- I think just revenue producing side of things, right? So the partnership element, I'm exposed to a little bit, but I think that's something that I really want to want to dive into and and keep working through and per, and perfecting and just kind of being part of those phone conversations and and being involved in that because I think just as a whole, like the revenue producing side of these businesses is so interesting to me. Figuring out how we can maximize all of that. So I think that's something that it's all even on my goal sheet this year of just trying to get more exposed to that and. Not that if I want to necessarily go down that route of partnerships, but just being more exposed to it and understanding that side of the business is is something I want to do. Always keep learning. Always keep selling. So this is our last segment. We call it stoppage time. It's stoppage time. Do you have a daily or must-do ritual, personal ritual? I got to make my bed. I started a couple of years ago. And if I don't, I've noticed it throws my entire day off. So I'm a big bed maker. So if you forget, you got to run home and make it. Yes, actually, I've done that before. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Do you have a favorite unplugged activity? 
I really like to go to the movies and I usually go by myself. I just like to like unwind by myself. I get myself in the theater, right? In the theater. Yep. And I like to go and just get myself some popcorn and enjoy, turn my phone off and just unwind at the movies. Are you like Latanzio and like the unsung hero movies like Rocky or do you have other? Sometimes I like it all. I like to go explore different things. All right. What is your go-to snack while you're watching a match? Scandinavian swimmers. We have a thing before every match. Some of our colleagues that everyone has to eat one, which is like, you don't know, it's like Sour Patch Kids, but they're Trader Joe's version. Mm-hmm. So we always have multiple packs of them in the office beforehand and everybody has to have Scandinavian swimmer. All right. Uh, so design is everywhere, whether it's physical things, ideas, functionality. What component of design impresses you more? Interior, inside stuff, or exterior? I think it's probably interior because I think there's there's a lot. Of, I love like when you go and see something and the outside looks one way and you go in and it's completely different. And I think that's that's kind of the way with people too, right? They seem one way on the outside, but they're different on the inside. So I think interior. All right. Uh, do you find starting a project or finishing one more gratifying? Definitely finishing. I'm a big uh, checklist, like to cross it off, like to to finish so I can feel accomplished. And you said earlier you had like your goals. Those are just your personal goals for the year. Like you wrote down like, hey, I'm going to do this. Yep. Do you have like an extensive list or is it like, I'm just going to concentrate on these four or whatever? I have an extensive list, but I think it's more like three I highlight and focus on where, because I also don't want to set myself up for failure. If there's 15 things, I can't do all that. But I've got some like more just major themes that I'm, I'm working on. Cool. All right. What recharges you? I love a Sunday barbecue right at my house. I like to grill. So I like to just have some friends over on a Sunday and hang outside with my dog and grill some I'm on chicken right now. I'm perfected my grilled chicken. So let's nice. do that. Okay. And then if you were a current player on Charlotte FC, what player would you most be like? That's a tough one. I think probably right now, Maybe Ashley Westwood. I think mm-hmm. um, you know he's he's composed, and then when but he fights for his teammates too, and when stuff's going on. So I think that's that's kind of like me. I'm, I'm good. I'm composed, but I'm also got got your back, and I'll make sure that that I'll fight for you. And you're a leader, so awesome. Yep. Well, thanks, Leah, for being on. I appreciate. It. I love talking to you and just learning about your process and how tickets go, and hopefully fans learn more about what's involved and they appreciate what you guys are doing and that you are listening. Yeah, no, I appreciate it so much. Thanks. Thank you. As Leah said, many people are not out there saying they want to have a job in ticket sales. But what is true is people start seeing that ticket sales and the services for sports games in many ways is providing a way for people to have a fun, exciting experience and create memorable moments. Managing people and expectations are hard in any business. Leah seems to be learning each day and continue to listen and put the best people together to make the most impact they can for Charlotte FC and their fans. And just this week, Charlotte FC supporters and season ticket holders were notified that there will not be a price increase for the supporter sections, 100 and 200 level seating for 2024. To learn more, Ashley Mahoney has a good article about it in Axios Charlotte. If you are a current season ticket member, you should have received your 2024 invoice. If you're interested in season tickets for 2024, please contact the club for more information. Well, that's it for the Charlotte FC podcast today. We'll be back Wednesday for the Philadelphia Union match as we talk with John McGregor, Charlotte FC's Director of Performance and Sports Science.
please do us a favor and share our show, five-star review, and comment on what you enjoyed most about the episode. We are on Instagram, threads, Twitter, Reddit, at CLTFC Podcasts. Until match day, see you again.